Half the battle is back. It's me, Daniel Levy, your host. We're going to be talking to Christos Giagos. He's fighting tomorrow, Friday, on YouTube for ACB. Make sure you watch him fight live. Word on the street is if he wins this fight, he'll be signed to the UFC. And he's taking on a dude that's 15-1. and one. Then we're going to talk to Mike Richmond. This guy's been out of the game for two years, but if you remember him from Bellator, he was knocking dudes out left and right. And now Mike Richmond is back. He's going to headline the second ever LFA in two weeks. And uh, yeah, we caught up with Mike. And last but not least, Henry Corrales. He's fighting in Bellator at the Chael Sonnen versus Tito Ortiz event against Cody Bollinger. But first up, Christos Giagos, here we go. And joining me now is Christos Giagos. Christos, welcome to Half the Battle, dude. Hey, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. So, dude, you're on a two-fight win streak, and actually, the first guy you beat on that win streak, a lot of people don't know, but this is a guy that beat Tony Ferguson, and you went out there, you knocked the guy out, and then you got another victory. And I heard uh, Dana White saying in an interview that uh, he's looking to get you back pretty soon. So do you feel like this fight right here is the one that's going to get you back in the big show? Um, I'm definitely hoping so. You know what I mean? Uh, I definitely think I should. I definitely think it will. But, you know, sometimes you just never know. But um, I'm really banking on it. I'm hoping so. If not, hopefully ABC wants to fight me out season to fight for them in, out of the country. Absolutely. What do you think about taking on this dude that's 15-1? and one? I mean, it's a serious opponent. Uh, Yeah, I fought a lot of tough guys, you know what I mean? And uh, he's definitely really good. Uh, his ground game's really good. Uh, it's definitely a big test for me, and um, I love, I'm always welcome to new challenges. So I'm uh, definitely going out there and hoping for the knockout, and uh, I'm going to give everything I got. Definitely, man. Now, you know, with a lot of guys that get cut from the UFC, in my opinion, you know, so some guys deserve to get cut, you know, they're just not cut out for it. But then there's other guys where I'm like, you know, I thought that kid had a lot of potential. And, and you're one of them, but the good news is, you know, you're only 26, you're still a kid, so you got a long way to go. So do you feel like it was just the fact that, you know, maybe you were too green at the time and you need a little more seasoning or what? Um, I think it just, I was at the wrong place at the wrong time because uh, they actually re-signed me uh, after my... Uh, Chris Wade fight and they kept me on the roster for like six months and then they went over like some big cut system they cut like a bunch of fighters and I was just one of those fighters who got got off the list um I actually had Dana call me and he was just like hey look we're sorry how this happened but um uh it wasn't nothing like pretty much I did it was just kind of like a situation they're going through they couldn't book fighters um fight as fast as they want to so they had to let some people go and then my weight class was the division uh, and the the Ultimate Fighter just had that division, so they were just signed a bunch of new guys. So it was just a really bad timing, I think. Now, when you fought Chris Wade, I mean, it, it was just a matter of inches, dude. Because, you know, obviously you were hurting him on the feet. You know, a couple takedowns that he did nothing with got on the decision. So was it just a matter of going back to the drawing board and learning from it, coming back better? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, that fight, I learned a lot. Uh the fight before that, I came off a great win, and um, I kind of just like kind of had a lot of fun after that. Didn't really train too much, and then they wanted me to fight uh, Chris Wade three weeks' notice. So I, I said, yeah, obviously I wanted to fight, but um, it was a little sooner than I should have. But uh, you learn from your mistakes. Now I never let myself get out of shape. I always stay in shape. I'm always ready for a short notice fight. So, um, but you know, he was a great wrestler. He just he got the better of the control that night, and uh, I would love, definitely love a rematch. I mean, it's a good learning experience for every fighter to, you know, go through one of those kind of fights. But obviously, 
you rebounded. And, dude, you know, I've heard that you're the kind of guy that likes to uh, stay in shape year-round. Uh, talk to me about your passion for fitness, man. Well, I've been uh, I've been in uh, fitness my whole life. You know, I played football since I was in fifth grade. So it's kind of something like it's, it's kind of all I know. You know what I mean? Uh, when I'm bored, I want to go work out. Uh, I want when I want to help people. I want to help them get in shape. So it's what I do. I, I train clients. I, I teach fitness, and uh, I'm always doing fitness. You know what I mean? I, I kind of join my classes a lot of the times. You know, when I'm uh, feeling like I need another workout, um, I always just like to stay in shape. You know, uh, especially when I feel out of shape, I hate the way that feels. So I just, like I said, I just. It's all I know, so I just love to stay in shape and uh, give great advice, learn it all. Now, every fight that I've watched you in, you know, you're always in incredible shape. The one time that you weren't in incredible shape was the Emmett fight. Now, am I reading into it too much? Was it more like, you know, you got cut from the UFC and it was kind of a bummer? Or was it just, hey, props to Josh Emmett, he was the better man that night? Um, I'm going to say props to Josh Emmett. I was actually, in fact... The, the, I was actually in great shape for that fight. I kept pushing. If you watch that fight, I pushed the pace the whole fight. Even in the third round, I'm always pushing forward. I just uh, the Chris Wade fight I was a little more out of shape. That fight, the Josh Emmett fight. I mean, that was the best me in there. Um, I kind of was like a little emotional from the UFC cut. Um, I definitely went in there thinking he's not on my level because I was in the UFC and he wasn't. So I went out there headhunting, and he had the he had the right game plan. You know, he backed up. He ran a lot, but he would plant his feet and throw a hard overhand, right? I actually broke my hand the first round of that fight. That kind of slowed me down a little bit. So a lot of factors. And uh, actually, that's the fight that I learned the most from. And um, now I'm a way more patient fighter, way smarter fighter. And uh, I kind of let the fight come to me rather than just going out there thinking I'm going to dominate everybody. I mean, it's good to get that kind of experience under your belt, man. Obviously, since then, like we mentioned, you're on the win streak. You beat a guy that beat Tony Ferguson. Won the next fight, and now this guy, he's 15-1. and one, So how do you feel about the matchup? I feel great. I feel great. I feel like it's a great matchup for me because uh, I feel like my takedown defense has actually improved tremendously, and uh, I feel like that's all he's really got is to try to take me down, try to submit me. He, his hands are not bad, but I feel like I'm on another level on the feet, and I'm just going to be super careful and uh, hopefully get the knockout. Definitely. Where are you training at these days, man? Where in Cali do you train? I actually, uh, I'm kind of all over the place, but mainly I'm at Black House MMA in Gardena, training with Alan Jobon, Kevin Casey, and we get a lot of different guys coming in uh, in and out all the time. Uh, I train uh, with, with Jiva Santana up in uh, Irvine, uh, Tustin, at One Jiu-Jitsu, and I do my stand-up with, uh, with uh, Crew Rod and uh, Team Victory Muay Thai. So those are like my three spots where my three coaches are. And then uh, I do a lot of my other training at System Training Center, which is taking classes, like jujitsu classes there, getting my training, because we got a lot of guys coming there, too, for good training. So uh, those are like the four main spots on that. What's it like training at a place like Black House? Obviously, you mentioned Alan Juban. I mean, there's Brian T. City Ortega, but a lot of people don't know that legends like Anderson Silva have trained there, too, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I've actually got the spar to Anderson there, Leota Machida, uh, Brian Ortega, oh yeah, uh, Alan Jobon, Kevin Casey. Back in the day, uh, I was training with Rafael Dos Anjos when he was there. We get a lot of UFC guys coming in. You know, Jake Ellenberg comes once in a while. Um, all kinds of guys, you know, because uh, uh, Jamie Yeager was in there. Uh, Tony Ferguson actually came and trained with us sometimes too. So it's like, yeah, we get all kinds of UFC guys, UFC guys coming through, training with us, They're in and out. So I'm always getting good training. It doesn't matter which day I go. Uh, I'm going to get some killers in there, so... 
Yes, sir. Now, a fight's a fight. Anything can happen. But, I mean, is there something specific that you're envisioning for this fight coming up? Oh, yeah. I, I, I want to stalk him down, uh, push him back, let him get desperate for the takedown, and uh, just, you know, find my opening and get that punch in. Yes, sir. And real quick, before we get out of here, man, how awesome was it when you landed that flying knee on Dakota Cochran? Because, I mean, that was the first time I saw you fight, and I was like, all right, who's this kid? And then you got signed, and, yeah, that was an incredible moment. What was it like for you, man? It was actually, man, that was one crazy fight for sure because uh, the night before, I've been, I was practicing that knee my whole camp just because uh, I know he likes to shoot a lot, and he gets desperate, so I'm like, all training camp, I'm throwing it, throwing it, throwing it. But I was throwing it to the body all training camp because I don't want to hit nobody in the face. And then in the fight, I was envisioning it the night before. And I was like, man, there's no way I can get that because he just got that the fight before me. He got a flying knee knocked out the fight before me. So I'm like, what are the chances of that happening? But come fight day, you know, I'm there. I'm like, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. And I just went for it and it landed. And man, dude, I was a. Uh, Spectacular win to get me signed by UFC, win the first RFA lightweight championship, first sanctioned fight in South Dakota. It was just a all bunch of things together, man, and that feeling was just indescribable. Man, it must be pretty rewarding to visualize something and then have it come to fruition on fight night. Yeah, no, 100%. And that's why I do a lot more visual visualiza- visualization now. Uh, yeah, yeah. My, because it definitely helps, you know, when you're in there, you kind of know what you want to do, so... It helps a lot. Awesome, man. Well, let the fans know where they can watch your fight and when it is. Yeah, guys, I fight this Friday uh, for ACB up in Irvine at the Brent Center. Uh, don't miss it. You can get tickets at acb.com uh, or if you come to System Training Center in Hawthorne, they're selling t- tickets there. And also, it's going to be free on YouTube, so you can watch. You can stream it live from there as well. What do I search for on YouTube if I want to watch it? I'm not too sure yet. I, I mean, you could probably just, like, Type in ACB, uh, and then maybe I think it's ACB fifty one. So type that in, or I think if you go to SureDog, they have like a link up there you can uh, click. Perfect, Christos. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with yeah. me right here, right now on Half the Battle, man. Let the audience know where they can follow you and anything else you want to plug, dude. Yeah, you can follow me on uh, Facebook at Christos Yagos or uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram at C Yagos. I'll tell you right now, I'm a little bit more on Instagram and Twitter, but. Uh, uh, yeah, like again, C, and the first name, and then G-I-A-G-O-S. And real quick, what's your favorite place in Greece? My favorite place in Greece uh, is, a, I mean, I've only, I haven't been there since I was 10, so I would say Athens, because that's where my mom kind of grew up, but uh, a lot, my sister's been to Santorini, and she's told me all about it, so that's a place I definitely want to go check out. Well, add Mykonos to the bucket list, my friend. I will, I will for sure. That's another spot too for sure. Awesome. Christos, thanks for the time, my man. Have a great day, all right? Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. See you, man. And joining me now is Mike Richmond. Mike, welcome to Half the Battle, man. What's up, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Oh, you got it, dude. It's been a while. How you been, man? You uh, you been putting in some work these last two years? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, during the initial, you know, the initial break, initial uh, time off, I had to get, you know, one of those things where I had to get a job and get out there and start working. So uh, I just got my ass a job and grinding, working. I was working at, I was actually working at Spearman Rhino in Minneapolis, a strip club. So I would, you know, work four or five nights a week and then uh, try to get my training in during the day. 
you know, it's always a grind when you work a night shift and then try to train during the day. But then, you know, as as I got closer and clo- closer and closer to coming back, that's when I, uh, you know, stopped working at the Rhino and then uh, started grinding, getting my weight down, and then um, got this opportunity. That's January. awesome, man. Now, listen, man, we all make mistakes, but it's about how you respond to those mistakes that matters. And you handle that with all class. So I want to personally commend you for that, dude. Now you're back. You got so much experience. You're fighting at LFA, too. How do you feel about this fight with Lazar? You know, I think it should be a fun, entertaining fight. I think, you know, whoever I fight, you know, is usually an entertaining fight, right? So, um, you know, I think it should be good. I think it should be a good scrap. Uh, I'm curious to see what kind of fight Lazar brings. Um, I really don't, I didn't, I didn't have any idea who the guy was. The only reason I remember his name is because he um, he knocked out an old training partner of mine, uh, Jordan Parsons, uh, uh, rest in peace to Jordan. Um, and that was back in like 2012 when he was still training here up at the academy. Um, but other than that, you know, I don't know much about him. I know that he trains at uh, American Top Team. Um, and uh, I know I think he's a, he claims, uh, I don't know if he claims or he is, but I think he has boxing experience. I think he does have amateur and pro boxing bouts and uh as far as what i think about him as an opponent i guess we're gonna find out right because um people are saying you know oh, he's on a seven fight win streak and that's great you know like he's a seven fight win streak when you just hear it out loud right but if you look at it like deeper a seven fight win streak is spanning seven years <laughs> um like seven fights in seven years and two two of those years Two out of those seven years, he didn't even fight. So he's, that's how long his, uh, you know, fight streak. Uh, I fought 17 times in seven years. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's kind of, and then on top of that, his only winning record fighter that he's fought was Jordan when he caught him in the first round. Uh, and even his last, even his last fights after that victory have been uh, 500 or sub 500 fighters. So you really don't know what you're getting, right? You don't know if he's just some stud animal that they just keep babying. You know, maybe they're giving him that boxing mentality and they're just feeding him some tomato cans and keep giving him a win streak to try to build on. Or, you know, or he's, you know, he's got a bunch of fraudulent wins and he's really not that talented. He's really not that good. Um, the one thing I do respect, I absolutely respect, is he trains at American Top Team. And he trains at a well-respected boxing gym. So I find it hard to believe when people say no one wants to fight me, you know, no one good wants to fight me. I just never believe that shit. So um, I don't know, maybe, I mean, he's fighting me now. He fought Jordan, um, but we'll see, you know, we'll see what type of fighter he is. We'll see, I think he's a striker, he's a boxer. We'll see if he tries to have that game plan with me. Um, you know, I'm a well-rounded striker and I got pretty, pretty powerful hands, pretty powerful strikes. Um, so we'll see what type of game plan that he has against me. Uh, you know, I'm willing to take it anywhere. I've been trying to work on my wrestling more, my grappling more, trying to be more well-rounded, go out there, get wins. I want to get finishes. I want to get knockouts. If I see it there, my instincts will kick in, and I'm going to look to take his head off. So we can expect the same uh, knockout artist that we're used to in Mike Richmond? Yeah. That's- Absolutely. That's good to hear, man, because, I mean, uh, I was actually at your fight in Atlanta where you head-kicked this guy, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll never forget that. So, dude, I mean, 
for you, let me ask you this real quick, real quick, because obviously you fought in Bellator. Did you only fight in the Bjorn era, or did you also fight in the Scott Coker era too? No, I fought in uh, the Bjorn, and then I had uh, three fights in the Scott Coker era. Can you tell me what the difference was uh, between the two eras, man? Mm, you know what? I really couldn't really tell that big of a difference. You know, at the time, most of the operation staff was still the same. <laughs> You know, a lot of the guys were still the same. You know, a couple of dudes were here, leaving here and there. Um, as far as I never spoke a word to Scott, actually. You know, Bjorn was the type of guy where he'd walk around. He would talk to his fighters, shake their hands. You know, whether he's fucking lying to you or not, you're being fake to you. You know, he would still kind of, he would still go around, talk to the fighters. Um, I thought that was kind of cool, you know, yeah. regardless uh, if he was just kind of a snake in the grass or not. Uh, Scott had never, never spoke a word to him. Um, other than that, you know, I just felt like it seemed like it was business as usual. Definitely. Dude, what was the toughest fight you ever had? Because, I mean, if you look at your resume, I mean, you haven't had any easy fights throughout your entire career. No, I haven't. Um, <clears throat> my toughest fights. Oh, man, I've had a lot of tough fights. I've had some tough fights in victory. You know, a tough fight, you know, one of the toughest fights in victory uh, that I had, meaning, you know, I won, obviously. Uh, it was Popo Bezea. That was a great fight. Um, and then some of my other toughest fights were, like, Frodo in the finals. I jacked up my fucking hand in the first round, and he was just, he's so unorthodox. He's so short, but, his, you know, he's, like, five six, but he had, like, a 70-something-inch reach, it seemed like. Uh, at least 73, 74. Um, just had really long monkey arms, super strong, great sambo. Um, you know, tough battles against Goiti. Obviously a tough battle against Ed West. You know, all my decision losses were, you know, really fucking close fights where people could have scored it my way. <clears throat> and it's tough to fight in those fights where you look back, you're like, well, maybe if I would have just did this or that, and that would have swayed the judge, and, you know, I would have won that round, I would have won the fight. Um, but you know, I've had a handful of, a handful of tough fights, you know, some that haven't gone my way and some that have. But bottom line, I mean, you've had a lot of time to reflect and learn from your mistakes. And, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, are we expecting, uh, the best Mike Richmond we've ever seen? You know, I think, <clears throat> I think you're going to see the best Mike Richmond you've ever seen, right? You know, I'm not going to say, what do you expect me to say right now? You're going to see the shittiest Mike <laughs> I'm going to be slower, I'm going to be not as hitting as hard, I'm like not as fast. Yeah, man, you're going to see me go out there and, and fuck shit up. Um, <clears throat> but I'm going to go out there and win. If he thinks I'm just going to like move around and box with him, he's wrong. I'm going to kick him, I'm going to punch him, I'm going to clinch, I'll shoot, I'll take, you know, stuff. I'm going to be well-rounded. But then at the same time, you know, my shots count. I make my shots count when I'm ready to land them. And uh, we'll see if he can take it. He's never been knocked out. You know, um, you know, he's been submitted. He's lost by decision. He's never been KO'd, at least on share dog or whatever. So, uh, you know, uh, I'd like to test that. I'd like to test that chin because um, he's never he's he's never been he, he's never been hit by someone like me with four on gloves on. He's never faced someone like me yet, and uh, I want to see how he handles it. Definitely, man. And real quick, what did you learn from your fight with Dantas? Because, I mean, it was one of those situations where, like, the fans were so pissed about how he approached that fight, you know, because uh, in the buildup, there was a lot of talk, but then he went out there and completely avoided the fight. So, 
for you as a martial artist, uh, you know, when you go back and watch the tape, uh, what, what do you learn from that? You know, you always got to learn. What you got to learn from those things is sometimes they're not going to go out and do what you expect them to do. You know, I really did. A part of me expected, a part of me was like, yeah, Dante's going to be Dante's. He's going to stick a move. He's going to fight. He's going to strike with me. You know, it's going to be entertaining. Uh, but then another part of me is, you know, was like, well, maybe he won't. You know, maybe he'll come out and shoot. I did not expect him to rush me and, and kick and then just dive in for the shot right away and just keep shooting, shooting, shooting over and over again. And then if he wasn't shooting, he was on his bike, he's running. Um, you know, I didn't expect that. But I, I think uh, he didn't want to lose two in a row. He knew if he beat me, he was going to need his title shot. Um, so what I learned from that is you can't, you got to be ready to adjust to anything out there. Um, and it also told me that he respected my striking. He respected my power. And um, and he adjusted. And he adjusted well and he made it a... He made it a completely different dynamic of a fight than I thought it was going to be. Uh, and, th and that's the thing that, as a fighter, you got to be ready for anything. Definitely, man. Now, dude, in, in some of your knockout wins, I mean, you've knocked out guys that don't often get knocked out. I mean, like a cop, Stepan Jan, Nam Pham, Ed West, uh, Chris Hordecki. These guys don't often get knocked out. So when you go out there and finish someone like that, I mean, what does that do for your confidence? Um... I mean, I guess it boosts my confidence. You know, I'm at the point in my career now, you know, obviously in the beginning, you know, your Hordeskis and the Hordesky one was like the start of it, right? I mean, I was finishing guys before that. But then once you start finishing guys in Bellator at the higher level, then you're like, okay, well, like, I am a powerful motherfucker. Like, my hands, like, do knock guys out. So now it's like, uh, I just, it's something that I expect to go out there and hit really hard stun them knock them out finish them like really put them on their really put them on their defense like make them respect my shot so i can open up other things uh i mean I, it boosts my confidence but i mean i know i hit hard now i know i have knockout power now so it's just about staying sharp making it count you know making uh, making the shots count yes sir and what's your long-term goal dude obviously the short-term goal get back in the ring get this victory under your belt but what's the long-term goal man now that you're back in the game the long-term goal is, you know, obviously Bellator released me, and that was an interesting situation in itself, you know. Uh, it released me a year after the suspension, but it's business. It is what it is. It, they just needed to open up roster spots, I imagine. Um, but now they gave me the opportunity to be a free agent, so I got to go out here and get impressive wins. You know, one, two, maybe just this win only, maybe two wins, three wins. And, uh, you know, now I want to get the opportunity to go to the UFC and uh you know finish out my career there you know i'm kind of in a spot right now where a loss to lazar could be kind of really like really devastating to my career it could set me back another year and, you know it could set me back a little bit right you know i'm coming off a suspension and i come off and i lose to a guy that really no one no one knows about um that could be detrimental to me so it's very important i go out here i, I finish him i put on a great performance I uh, win the fight and I move forward and I try to get to the UFC because they want exciting fighters uh, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be exciting. I'm always gonna be exciting. I'm always gonna bring the fight. <clears throat> I bring the <clears throat> I bring the pressure. I bring the action, and uh, I think that's what they're looking for. So, and I got good managed. I got a good management team behind me that that knows how to get guys into the big show. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's the plan. 
Awesome. Well, Mike, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. Also, thank you for your service too, man. Let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug. Go ahead, dude. You know, they can follow me on uh, Twitter at MikeUSMCRichmond, uh, Instagram under uh, The Marine Richmond. I got a Facebook fan page. Um, yeah, man, I just want to thank you for having me on the show. And uh, January 20th, LFA, if you're in Minnesota, to be at Mystic Lake Casino. Uh, if you can't, be, can't make it to the show, you're not in the state, you, you can watch it on Access TV, January 20th, main event. Yes, sir, we'll be tuned in. Mike, thanks again for the time, dude. Yeah, thank you. See you, man. Joining me now is Henry Corrales. Henry, welcome to Half the Battle, man. Thanks for having me, dude. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. So, dude, you got a big fight coming up. Cody Bollinger, you looking to get back on track with a big victory here? Yeah, big time, dude. I'm looking forward to this one. That's what's up. What do you think about it, man? I mean, obviously we know that he's notorious for not making weight, but at the same time, he does come to fight, and it should be a good scrap. Yeah, yeah, he's a gamer, good grappling. He's not afraid to uh, throw, so uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good matchup. Definitely. Now, I want to know about your mindset, man, because I mean, you start off undefeated, and you know, dudes get used to winning, and you finally had to take that first L, and every fighter has to take that first loss. It doesn't matter who you are. What was it like for you? You know, someone that's used to winning all the time. It was just motivation to get better, you know, just to get get back in the gym as soon as possible and uh, just just keep working on my game. Definitely, man. And, I mean, you're not the only fighter that's gone through this. I mean, Michael Chandler, Frankie Edgar, and they all came back from it. So, I mean, do you feel like this is the time to make that statement that Henry Corrales is back? Yeah, big time, dude. It's do or die for me in my, in my, in my mind. Yeah. What do you think went wrong in those last few fights? I mean, was it just a matter of, you know, they were the, simply the better man that night? Yeah, obviously a combination of that and, uh, you know, short notice fights. And these these guys pretty much the best in the role, dude. So uh, it happens. Yeah. But, you know, it just, it just, uh, it, uh, it makes you think about what you need to work on. Forces you to think about what you need to work on. So in the end, it's going to work out. Definitely. And in your mind, you know, you don't want to reveal everything. But uh, what kinds of things did you need to work on? Everything. Always, always going to be working on everything, no matter what, you know? So, yeah, it's just, just, you know, maybe, I, maybe at the time I got a little too, uh, just too comfortable maybe. So, uh, I changed, I changed camps, um, I'm over here at the MMA lab in, uh, Arizona with, uh, Benson Henderson and all these studs. So, uh, just doing whatever I can to step it up. That's what's up. That's a great place. Has uh, BJ BJ Penn been putting in work with you guys? He stopped by. He stopped by. Like uh, he's he's fighting. Uh, he's fighting at a uh, at the UFC Phoenix's card on Sunday. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, he came by. Like, was it like a one week thing? Like, was it a couple day thing? Like, what what's the deal, man? It's just a couple days. He wanted to work with uh, you know a couple other guys there, so. Yeah, it was, it was nice to meet him. The guy's a legend. Yeah, definitely, man. What's it like training with guys like Benson, man? And I mean, Barbarana, all the tough guys at your gym. Because, I mean, your gym is notorious for all these dudes are tough as fuck. I've never seen a quitter at the lab. Exactly, dude. You know what I mean? It's just 
yeah, it's just a bunch of studs. There's like, there's not an off day here. There's just, and not just those guys, all the up and comers, like all the young, hungry dudes, a lot of like college wrestlers, strong grapplers, you know, a couple of brawlers. So it's just, you definitely get a good look every day there. Yeah, like who are, who are some of your main sparring partners? Uh, Rob Emerson, uh, Bruce Leroy, Alex Casteris, um, Benson when he's healthy. He, he just had surgery. Um, uh, there's there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of guys, dude. Yeah, definitely. What's it like uh, going in there with the former champ Benson? Yeah, yeah. Just like all the other guys, you know, he's in tense and uh they take it very serious so uh you're you're in for you're in for a bit of a war every time you fucking every time sparring day comes yeah definitely man uh so did you see that ronda rousey fight i did dude what do you think about that oh yikes dude it looked like like a dude it looked like a high school fight (laughs) like like one person's getting beat up and the other person (laughs) the other person knows how to fight it's just, it was pretty sad, dude. It was, it was hard to watch. Yeah, man, definitely. I mean, do you think it's a matter of just the sport, you know, like Ronda stayed here and everyone surpassed her? Or do you think she just digressed a little bit? Uh, damn. Again, it's it's never just one thing, dude. It's always a combination of, like, plenty of things. First things first, dude, she fought, that girl she fought's a killer. Yeah. You know what I mean? That girl's really good, and, uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows what was wrong with her that night? Yeah, and dude, uh, what do you think about this Yair versus BJ Penn fight, man? Because I mean, obviously, your boy Bruce Leroy went five hard rounds with Yair in altitude. That was a great fight. Now Yair is uh, welcoming back the legend, and it's at one forty-five. Like it's interesting to see BJ at one forty-five. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's tough. It's a tough matchup, dude. You know they're both they're both super tough. You know, young up and comer, and a solid vet with like crazy experience. So it's that's that's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. You know, it just depends uh, which BJ if if BJ shows up on his game, he got it. You know what I mean? But uh, you just you just never know in this game. Definitely. Well, Henry, before we get out of here, man, in your opinion, how's it gonna go down when you and uh, Cody Bollinger square off inside? Uh, the Bellator cage. It's gonna be a fight, a real like a real fucking fight. There's gonna be there's not gonna be no pussy footing. There's not gonna be this and that. It's, I'm gonna go in there and fucking slang him, dude. Well, good. That's what the fans like to hear, man. We don't like to see guys that you know hump someone's leg or push someone up against the fence. We like real fighters. So uh, I'm happy to hear that, man. And best of luck in the fight, dude. Hey, thanks for having me, dude. You got it, man. Before we get out of here, let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug. Go ahead, bro. Cool. Uh, just Henry Krause MMA on uh, Instagram and uh, catch me next Saturday in Los Angeles at the Forum. Yes, sir. Oh, shit, the Forum. That's a that's an iconic venue, so take it in, man. It's a great place. Thanks, dude. Thank you. All right, man. Peace out. There you have it, folks. Christos Giagos, Mike Richmond, and Henry Corrales. Thank you so much for checking out this very special edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Go to bestfightpicks.com for the plays. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.